Hello everyone, I am Stephen Drew, your host here in the Arctic Social, and I've got a bit of an awesome special. I got an email in my inbox, I was super flattered, from a company that was not close to where I am, internationally, around the globe, doing something that I thought was interesting in the built environment. It was a quite, an, a, quite a surprise and a compliment to receive this uh, topic to talk about but more importantly i had to learn all about this company and the more i kept learning about this company and what they do the more they had my interest so i am joined here by the fantastic chris ritter from c19 and now c19 chris as you says in your words if you're not interesting you're irrelevant which i agree and that you're a full service creative industry creative agency and culture lab chris how are you today are you okay i'm doing great thank you <laughs> awesome now you see this is a bit out of my comfort zone because normally i have architecture practices on your all the time and because i studied architecture and this is something that i've worked in this industry it's very easy for me to talk about these things whereas c90 you're not an architecture practice. You do That's things a bit outside of the box. So can you tell everyone what you do so that it's a better description than what I just did? Absolutely, yeah. So, um, you know, my, my background is not in architecture, as you said. It's uh, in graphic design and art. Um, so what we do at C90 is we do uh, brand strategy, visual identity, uh, campaign development, and creative content. So, um, you know, it's all very visual things. Mm. Um, you know, with the exception of strategy, there's a lot of words in that. Um, but, you know, giving everybody a look and feel, you know, for, for their brand or campaign, that's, uh, that's kind of our bread and butter stuff. Amazing. And if it looks like I'm sweating here, it's because I am, because I've got no air conditioning in the room, but we're going to go on anyways. But if, if the beads are sweat down as much as excited as I am, it's just because it's absolutely boiling here in the UK. Well, I find that really interesting and why I was quite keen to have this topic as well. And there's one or two projects that you've worked on in particular that I know you showcased me, but what I would love to talk about is, is a lot of the stuff that you do, it intersects with the built environment, isn't it? I know a lot of it is digital, but it's interesting how then the digital manifests in the physical sense and how you're creating identities for buildings, for companies, which is very architectural in in a sense so i mean from your point of view this is something that you do a lot then chris um in terms of what c90 does i'd love an insight into it yeah absolutely i, I mean um you know having a visual identity for uh you know a brand is almost exactly the same as making a visual identity for um, a building you know for instance so yeah. you know when you're doing you know, an identity for a building, it might be signage, uh, it might be, you know, standardizing typefaces or materials yeah. um, and all these sorts of things. So, I mean, we do that uh, sort of thing quite often. Um, you know, I think where, you know, the Venn diagram comes together, you know, with architecture mm. and what I do is, uh, you know, really building design systems. Uh, so, right. you know, when you're you know, if you say that you're in branding, for example, a lot of people think that you just like sit, you know, at your notebook and draw logos all day. Um, when in reality, that's like 
one one hundredth of my job. Um, you know, when, mm. when we have a business, you know, that, that comes to us and says, you know, we, we need to tell our story, you know, in a visual way that makes sense to people. It's actually a really complicated problem, you know, and you need to be yeah. able to make, you know, a variety of assets um, that tackle that, you know, that pose a solution for that problem where, you know, architecture is just a different set of assets. You know, it's a it's a mm. built environment. It's, you know, how the light hits things. It's um, the materials that you use and, and that sort of thing where, you know, I'm working in color. I'm working in, uh, you know, graphics, textures, mm. uh, topography, uh, you know, layout systems and that sort of thing. So, I mean, I, I feel like that's where it gets to be, uh, you know, a, a lot of commonality there between the practices. Mm, I think you're right. And there's a few architectural practices, just to reiterate what you're saying, Chris, which I see do this really well. So, so, so the studio shout out to them, actually, because their website was important. They have in-house illustrators. They have in-house web designers and, you know, people that focus on graphic design. And what I've seen, Chris, is that when they do a project, that's super important as well. And so there's a visual identity that, and I think there's even a book that they give, which has the font and all this stuff. And it kind of weaves in the interior design and weaves in the architecture. And another quick example I've seen, Chris, which I'll let to get your thoughts on as well, is to do with architecture. But it's actually a developer that I've seen when they were talking about um, the importance of the branding to do with people actually inhabiting the building. And what was going, ha what was happening, Chris, is that in this project that they had, they hadn't quite branded it right. They hadn't got the feeling. And people want hiring because it was an office. They want reserving the floors. And so even though the architecture was kind of kick ass, because this branding piece wasn't right, no one was going for it until they kind of sat down with someone and understood this and they said, look, you're packaging it up the wrong way. You need to think about who the person is that's inhabiting the building. And then suddenly this visual piece, once they re-engineered it, everyone reserved an office and then it was like an overnight success but nothing to do with the architecture per se it was the branding and how the building spoke for itself so i'd love to hear if any stories that you have like that or any thoughts on what i've said there if it makes sense yeah absolutely something that comes to mind just when you uh mm -hmm. When you say that is actually there's a building uh, here in our town uh, called Union Hall. And, uh, you know, the branding for Union Hall was actually a, a project my partner, Emmett Jones, uh, led. Mm. And, you know, it, it's a it's a co-working space. Uh, and, you know, it's meant to be a hub for really the startup community within Cincinnati here. And mm. what I think the visual identity did for them is it made it really look like, you know, the hippest place to go and, yeah. uh, you know, hang out. You're going to meet some interesting people here. You know, there's there's inspirational quotes on the wall. It's a very modern identity, although it's in a um, an old Italian, you know, row house, yeah. <laughs> essentially. Uh, but it's a very, you know, unique and very modern uh, identity befitting of, you know, startup culture. You know, th these are people who are interested in technology. These are people who are interested in, um, you know, learning new things from people. So it has to look cutting edge. Mm. It has to look and feel like, you know, I'm in a space where I can, you know, talk about things, you know, that, you know, there's, there's common ground there. 
um, where, yeah. you know, it could very easily be like, uh, you know, any other co-working space here that's just trying to be uh, friendly, <laughs> you know, for example, it's just, it's yeah. a different vibe. This is a, you know, it's a serious uh, vibe, you know, at, at this particular building, it, you know, you're probably, you know, own a startup or are involved in the startup ecosystem somehow, you might be asking for, you know, eight figures, you know, to fund your business. Um, so I yeah. mean, it is kind of a serious environment. You just want to make sure that it's, you know, it's up to the same grade of the people you're trying to attract. Absolutely. And it's, it's so, so important yet. I, I can also sympathize when, because as, as you know, your role is really demanding, an architect's role is really demanding. They're worrying about everything stand up. They're worrying about all this stuff. But it's almost a shame for this to kind of get overlooked because when it works really well, and I know that you've done a few projects and I'm glad that you mentioned, talked about the project that your, your, your business partner worked on. But when it's done really well, it's kind of like a no brainer. And I love that you're saying, because it's true, you know, the logos, the branding, and it's the little things as well because I, I don't know about you Chris but like it's just sometimes like in the UK and you tell me if this is the same here but you've just got like those kind of crappy you know exit signs which are really ugly and out of place so you've got like the really bad branding or you know you've kind of got the bad toilet logo but if you really think about all this stuff and if there's that visual identity it kind of adds to this feeling of the place is detailed it's it's interesting you know there's you kind of i think where i'm going is generic stuff in 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 and like i don't know like a good example as well my mum works in the government they'll print out stuff with comic sans i mean it's just an awful font <laughs> right course, yeah. and you probably would be banned from c90 but how important is a font that i identify it so in the government i think comic sans and i always just do you know i remember my old university used to be be helvatica everywhere but it, it transcends about being just a font and it's about the identity on all this stuff. So, I mean, can you tell me quickly like one or two examples where you've seen it done well, you know, uh, going above and beyond that? I know that you've done one or two projects and I think you sent over an awesome, for example, I thought actually, and I'm reading it here so that I get it right. So it's the, you sent me through the story of NMU, GSNR visual identity, which was designing for a neutral environment, a nurturing environment. And that's interesting. You know, you want a nurturing environment. So how do you go about in terms of your role, kind of helping that architecture become nurturing and having that feel then, Chris? Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, what you're talking about is visual identity we did for uh, it's Northern Michigan University um, and, right. and their graduate studies program. So, um, Northern Michigan University is, uh, it, it's in the upper peninsula of Michigan. And, you know, if, if you don't know the geography, it is on Lake Superior. It is really right. cold. Um, and <laughs> they, they get about 150 inches of snow, um, every year. Um, right. I, I don't know what that equates to in meters necessarily, but <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Dumb American here, whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it is, it is the type of place where you have to, you know, be of a certain resolve to, to go there and study for, for graduate studies. Um, and really what we found was it's a really nurturing place to, mm. uh, to, to go study because you are 
hours drive away from a major city. Um, you are really secluded. It's extremely rural. Um, they're actually a rural serving institution, um, which is like mm. an official title. It's kind of a new thing um, in the space. Um, but what we did is we really looked at the type of person who goes to school there and chooses to do this. Um, and the way that we kind of came up with it is there's four principles, you know, that that are really tried and true when it comes to somebody who goes to NMU or even a resident of Marquette, the city that the university is in. Um, one is actually it's a Finnish concept that they've kind of adopted called Sisu. Uh, which mm -hmm. Sisu is, uh, you know, English translation. Um, there's not a word that equates to it, but it's really about like having uh, a certain resolve in the face of adversity. Um, and in this case, it's due to being in the cold all the time, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it's almost kind of like a joke, but it's also, hey, we're tough, right? Um, yeah. so we, so we made some visuals around that. We made some visuals around, uh, another, um, Scandinavian concept called Huga, uh, which is really about, you know, it's terrible outside. So let's get inside, let's get snuggly, um, uh, mm -hmm. you know, for lack of a better term, uh, yeah. you know, get the blankets out, maybe, uh, you know, light some candles and look at ourselves, right. Self-betterment. Um, so, you know, mm -hmm. we, we came up with some different symbols and, uh, iconography that you know represent that and then uh the upper peninsula you know like i said it's a very rural uh campus it's surrounded by pristine forests and a beautiful great lake oh wow um so you know pulling inspiration from that and then the last thing um university is really uniquely positioned um with the indigenous peoples of uh oh, yeah. the upper peninsula which uh you know <laughs> I could go on forever about the history of, uh, you know, the United States and the relations that we have with the indigenous people here. Um, but yeah. it's a really unique thing for them to have very good relations with, um, you know, with that group of people in that community. Um, so we wanted to actually pay a lot of tribute to, you know, the people who originally founded the area um, and looked at a uh, art form, you know, a traditional art form called birch bark biting, um, right. which before this project, I'd never heard of <laughs> before ever. But essentially, um, if you could picture birch bark, it's it's literally it peels off the tree like a little bit thicker than a piece of paper. Um, and right. what you do is you wet it and then you can fold it and you fold it in half. You fold it in half again and then you fold it in half again. And uh, what they uh, would do traditionally to tell stories is they would take like these teeth right here and they would bite it and bite little holes into it. And right. when you unfold it, it makes this kaleidoscopic pattern, um, which is ah. like, it's very homey. It's very, uh, it's very unique for the region. And that was really where we got our whole visual system, you know, for, yeah. um, you know, how do we start to use these icons that, you know, worked within, you know, the, the Huga and the Sisu and the, you know, the upper peninsula of nature. Um, it really just started to, you know, look at this as how can we make it modern, but how can we also make it like really cozy and nurturing? Um, because that's what the people want, you know, when they're going for yeah. that experience. I love it. And maybe what we'll do for the audio listeners, the, the video listeners, we'll, we'll get some of the images up, but you know, for the audio, we'll put it as like the cover piece, the warm blanket, as you say, because I'm looking at it here and I'm spoiled for choice. So I think, I think it's really interesting. And the amount of work that you put into that 
I think is very relatable to architecture because while I don't practice architecture at the moment, the amount of time I would, especially doing in these design statements of looking in the bricks, the character, the heritage, these are all kind of common themes that pops up. And that's what I think is so special about what you do is in essence, it's it's another form of the same, you know, beautiful design. And just for anyone, of course, who's t before we were doing this, um, um, episode Chris we talked a little bit about I wish that I had kind of done a bit of graphic design and so forth before and you mentioned that you you felt felt like you were fancy going into architecture in a, in a formal life so what would be awesome because a lot on the architecture social as well as practicing architects I get people talking about alternative careers and to me i've seen um people for a good example i know an architect who studied graphic design who's an amazing architect and kind of gone that way but what i would love to know as well have you seen people enter your industry which maybe aren't traditionally trained or is there anything a bit of advice you'd give to architects who are kind of interested in this area as well that bodes really is bodes really well in terms of characters in what you do and design oh absolutely yeah so um i always tell everybody you know and this uh <laughs> you know i i had a great university experience i even like went and i taught you know at my alma mater and everything but you know I, i'm probably the 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 bad alumni that says you know you don't even really have to go to college you, you know to, <laughs> to be a graphic designer i mean you have to have taste right. you have to have um creativity and you really just need to have the wherewithal and the eye, you know, for it. Yeah. Um, I do think that, you know, the basics of design um, is is something that can be taught, um, you know, mm. much like, you know, different, you know, different materials, you know, studying them enough. You could probably get, you know, a little bit of a, uh, you know, a knowledge as an architect. And that might be a bad example. Um, I'm not an architect. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I tell people constantly, you know, if you have the interest for it, you can you can learn, um, it, you know, yeah. you could definitely learn. A lot of times it really takes a good mentor um, to, mm. to, you know, give you fair critique and, and, and make sure that you're like looking at the right things. I mean, uh, when I'm looking for somebody to hire, for example, um, very yeah. rarely do I look at their portfolio and say, hmm, is this polished enough? I more mm. often than not say how does this person think you know and is it oh, unique yeah, yeah. is this you know uh you know somebody who's going to bring in a different conversation than what we have right now and that's where mm. you know these adjacent professions you know whether it be architecture or illustration or copywriting um these types of people are invaluable you know when it comes to mm. uh you know a brainstorm or, or a constructive uh, criticism session, you know, or something mm. like that, because you have a unique perspective. And I, and I think a lot of people in the industry who are uh, the most successful, they normally have a, a, a weird um, way of getting in. You know, I mm. went to college for two years as a chemistry major. <laughs> and, right. And, Did you? Uh, That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I sucked at it. So <laughs> <laughs> don't worry i think i did one year of physics class in in college and i was just like this is not me and then uh, you had the, a similar thing but so between us we're two failed scientists then, right? <laughs> yeah there you go it's uh yeah it is kind of funny though but but uh 
you know, the, the analytical nature of science is something that stuck with me though. You know, I mean, like Mm -hmm. if I talk about my style of design or like creating systems within design, it's kind of scientific, you know, even though it is a creative process still. So like, you know, having that bit of uniqueness really is, you know, helped shape who I am as a designer and, you know, your unique backgrounds is always, always where it comes from. Very, it's very cool to hear because the more and more we we talk about this, and that's why I was really humbled when you said you you'd love to kind of have a chat about this stuff because initially when you're thinking about visual design and typology, I think you could naively think, "What's that going to do with the built environment?" But the more you think about it, they have such a big connection because it's all about perception. It's all about experience. And as well, the more and more you talk about design, taste, research, there's all the qualities that I constantly hear architecture practices looking for when they're hiring as well. So it sounds like there's so many synergies. What I was thinking as well is um, I'd be curious to know, do, do you, I'm not too sure this happens a lot, but have you interacted with architects before or have you found that it's more of a case of you do the best that you can with this stuff? And uh, Do you find there's much intersection with architects directly in your experience doing stuff like these awesome buildings? Right. So um, most of the time when you bring the design team in, uh, yeah, most of the architecture is is already done. Um, it's already on its way. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, oh. we can't really, uh, you know, we can't really change this. Um, yeah, you know, one yeah, yeah. one project that I can remember doing that was really influenced by the architecture is uh, did a brand identity for um, a distillery near near us, and it was a bourbon distillery in Newport, Kentucky. Oh, cool, and you know, they wanted it to be this super modern. Uh, you know, distillery where, you know, people tour, you know, bourbon distilleries, you know, I actually, I live in Kentucky, work in Ohio, but I live in Kentucky and that's a huge industry, you know, for Kentucky. But, you know, a lot of these distilleries are very traditional, old, um, you know, steeped in um, the families, Mm. you know, and all this kind of stuff. And they're, you know, most of the time on like pristine acres of manicured, you know, uh, you know, estates, you know, essentially, and this one is right in the middle of a city. Um, it's a really fun, modern piece of architecture. And that was really what was given to us. Um, and they said, this is what it's going to look like. So make an identity that fits. <laughs> so Barry, that was really our challenge. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's, it's great that you enhance that situation. I think it, it would be awesome, isn't it? I'm just thinking now for any architects out there, I think there's like a little bit of an opportunity. Almost the earlier you're brought into the process, Chris, you're kind of there to help people along. And it could be that one informs the other. And because and when I start seeing, especially like now I'm looking at some of the work and we'll get that on screen, but you can really get a feel for things as well because it, it, that that feeling that you were talking about i know i butchered them nmu's name but you know in northern michigan university what you're talking about i get a sense of identity you get a bit of the backstory and i think it would be cool maybe the architecture practices which have those teams doing the typology the illustration maybe they've seen a bit of a trick there chris but from your perspective would it be awesome to be involved 
earlier on uh do you think oh i think it would be fantastic i mean for the reasons that i said before where um you know you get people with different um, backgrounds in a room and that's where the really special ideas happen so you know i mean like you mentioned before that you know your university Mm. was all you know everything was helvetica um yeah which uh you know i i love helvetica i use it all the time but i feel like if i had to give a criticism to uh architects and graphic design um helvetica seems like a little bit of like a fallback <laughs> yeah it's totally it, I, I think the saying i was so if in doubt use helvetica you know it's like it's, it's not kind wrong of, it's not perfect though <laughs> yeah it's forgettable nice but forgettable yeah. um that's that's really interesting i'd love to know as well and uh, this is just inspiring because there's a lot of architects that also are listening to this and um especially if anyone's done their own business and i've set up my own business in the last two years chris and it's been a kind of an awesome bumpy journey i almost don't recommend it for everyone because as a business owner it's kind of like you're you're in the deep end and everything but you know in essence you set up c90 you've got some it sounds like what you said you you just mentioned your business partners as well and it's a design industry so i'd love to know a little bit about how that come about why you decided to maybe set up on your own and then also how you started winning these awesome projects which are in the built environment. Right. So, um, you know, the, the genesis of C90 um, is actually, it's a pretty interesting story. So this is this is my second studio that I've owned. Um, and, oh, yeah. Yeah. And there you my, go. Uh, my business partner, Emmett, it, you know, the, the co-founder, um, he also owned, uh, a, you know, a design firm before as well, and we were competing agencies. <laughs> so, oh, really? Yeah, we, we were competing agencies in town, and uh, we just always kind of respected our each other's work, uh, which right. is a which is a pretty fun thing, you know, to have somebody in yeah. town who, yeah, you know, I, I just always felt like his agency kind of pushed me to do better, and you know, I think he would say the same thing about us. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I left, you know, my business after, you know, doing it for about four and a half years and, uh, did some independent, you know, contracting and that sort of thing. And, uh, he actually shut down his business and took a job and oh, wow. he, he called me up and he's like, Hey, I got this job and it's not really going great. Um, <laughs> I, I, I that's a hell of a way to stop. Yeah, yeah. He's like, it's not going great. Um, what are you up to? I was like, ah, oh, you know, I'm thinking I might get back into it. And he's like, let's do it. Um, so, uh, that's kind of, that's kind of the genesis of it. You know, we just said, okay, let, let's figure this out. And then the first thing that we, uh, wanted to do, you know, obviously is find a place where we could do our business. This was June, 2019. Um, yeah. so just to give you a little bit of a, a timeline there. And we were looking around and said, hey, uh, we know this bar owner um, and they have some available space in the front of it. Um, maybe, oh, no, maybe you we started in a bar. Yeah, so. I'm amazed you survived that. That's, <laughs> that could be a recipe for disaster, isn't it? Productivity goes down, right? Oh, yeah, productivity Luckily, is it not high. <laughs> Lots like, of We've got to move out of this bar. Yeah. We've got to go out of there. And we were there, I think we were there for probably like five months, you know, but, but we had just, you know, we built desks and, you know, we had a, a door yeah. that separated us, but uh, it was a glass door. 
And, mm -hmm. you know, we would be working and suddenly like about four o'clock in the afternoon, you know, people start coming into the bar and they'll just be like pressed up against the glass like, oh, what are these guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> and we were we actually stayed late there one time um, to do a photo shoot. And we had just like a crowd of people just like watching us. It was a it was a stop animation photo shoot. Mm -hmm. So it was like we were doing these little paper cars. Um, and you have to, you know, take a photograph every time, you know, for every frame. So it was like, we'd move it this much, take a photograph, move it this much, take a photograph. These people were mm -hmm. just like plastered up against our window. It's like, this is terrible. We got to get out. <laughs> That's that. I'm glad, I'm glad it's, it sounds like, um, like a lot's happened since the bar then, especially when you were talking about these, these awesome projects so is there because i don't know about you but it feels quite i know there's like awful things happening in the world and and that's yeah there's certain things not cool war in ukraine all this stuff it does seem to me though in especially in the uk in london the architecture market's quite booming and i get the feeling that the design market's quite booming as well oh well, uh, you know it's always quite nice to hear of while well, there's all these things going on there's a bit of a silver lining so are, are you have you got a lot of projects happening chris that's one of the reasons that you've got out at the bar or what's it like at the moment are you finding it's quite busy then at the moment uh it's picking up quite a bit you know we cool. um you know we, we were you know we're we're small right we only have six yeah. employees um but you know we have we have a network of people that you know allow us to be able to scale to whatever project we have of course but um it we had a very delayed uh uh uh, consequence, I guess, to, to COVID. Um, so right. we were, you know, we were doing great, you know, we came out of the gate and we got a couple of really great contracts right away. Um, they were year long contracts and we signed, you know, two of them actually in February of 2020. Um, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. that, oh, that's right on the cusp. That is. Yeah. So, um, you know, the next month, you know, the world shut down essentially. Yeah, um, exactly. But we were fine because, you know, we had, plenty of work and, you know, a year long contract. Um, so, you know, we were, you know, we came through it and then, you know, once we got to, you know, the end of it, you know, our clients were not as fortunate as us, <laughs> you know, right. like, well, you know, I hate to tell you guys, but you know, this isn't getting renewed. So we actually got hit like a year later. Um, oh, really? Know, yeah. And we, and we, you know, we had to go through some, some changes and we rethought, you know, a little bit about what we were doing as a business as well um did some business modeling and said hey let's go about this a little bit of a different way and now uh, i think we're reaping the benefits of it uh you know where we're starting to get conversations um going in the right areas we're getting some more business you know definitely um picking up quite a bit so we've been really happy with progress in the last say like nine months it's amazing and uh i i quite i just still like while we're talking and i am listening i'm kind of i keep i get i go I stop distracting myself because your website's really cool it's like eye candy <laughs> uh, but also i love the quote of if you're not interesting you're irrelevant and um i i, I can understand the content because it's a busy world out there isn't it chris and i think yeah. it, there's so much noise online in person and i think if you it kind of goes to the theme of you on about with helvetica it's it's not enough anymore and i think there's so much going on that i do think you have to stand out you do have to be interesting and that's where again we're looping it back to architecture because this is where it's all about i think what you do 
um, especially as you know, a creative design industry, thinking about that visual branding, that identity, it's kind of like an ace up the sleeve, right? Surely, oh, absolutely. it's like an extra. It's an extra thing. So, what's next for C ninety? Um, well, I mean, we're we're growing uh, at the moment. We're actually, uh, you know, for the rest of the year, we're going to be concentrating on uh, setting up an office in New York City. Um, oh, which, wow. which we've done, uh, we've done pretty well in the city. That's where a lot of our perspectives actually are. Um, which, right. you know, for people that don't know the geography, we're about a two hour flight away. Um, right. but, uh, you know, we're setting up an office there and, you know, just trying to keep the, you know, hit the ground running, you know, there and get the studio set up, um, in that location as well, mostly to serve clients. I, I think all the creative will definitely come out of this office here. Um, but that's really been our, uh, our charge forward this year. So, um, you know, cross your fingers. I think everything's looking really nice. That's awesome. I, uh, cause I'm in London right now. And before the pandemic, the last place I went to was New York and I was, cause you know, I was London now. I'm like, I've been in London for a while. I'll be fine. You know, it's no problem. And I went to New York. Everyone was great, but what, I mean, that ta- New York has a different pace. New York <laughs> is New York. Oh yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll be fine. I'll make friends and all this stuff. And it was lucky cause I went with someone who was, who was great fun and we met people, but that's a pace. Like New York never sleeps, right? It's, it's, it's own particular beasts i mean it's gonna be quite exciting um but yeah i mean sure but new york actually has its own uh, visual identity and, and i'm sure that there'll be a lot of projects for you to do there right because new york never sleeps oh absolutely so, yeah i mean there's just it, it's a place where there's so much going on you know and you know there's a yeah. there's a a wealth of 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 work there um, and, and honestly, it's the type of work that we want to do. And it's the type of work yeah. that we're good at doing as well. So, I mean, we, you know, I, it's one of my favorite places in the world that I've ever been, you know, but uh, yeah. it also is just a really great strategic fit for us as well. It's very cool. I was, um, when I was there, I was staying in Brooklyn and um, Brooklyn was really cool. I was in this area and I, I, I got to be really honest, Chris, I was like, Babe in the woods. I just picked. I picked Brooklyn because it was, you know, Manhattan was just super expensive for a few right. days. But then I went and Brook. It was amazing where I was at, and I was just walking down the street and I talked to someone. And they're like, "Yeah, it's really nice now, trendy market and stuff." He's like, "But yeah, four years ago, you would have got you would have got shot down here." And I was like, "What do you mean?" Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, that's absolutely it, true. Yeah, it moves. It moves so fast. Um, what I was going to say is, because I always find, I quite like the, you know, and that you've learned the, the hard way for going on my mad adventure. There's no structure to this podcast, but that's half the fun. Um, I always like to say to the guests on that they can ask any questions they want, because it shouldn't be just a one-way thing, right? And I, I know I've not prepared this, but that's kind of like where it gets a bit more fun. I mean, is there anything... And it could be to do with my architecture background or anything I see in architecture at the moment that you, you'd love to ask me, Chris, on the fly. Yeah, man, I, I would, you know, I, I'm always looking, obviously, you know, what's the latest and greatest in design and identity, you know, and all that kind of, yeah. you know, and that's like, you know, specialized to me, you know, I, I'm curious what, uh, you know, in architecture you see that's like, you know, really getting you excited. Um, as much mm. as you know, the latest and greatest stuff gets me excited. 
It's interesting because we've actually talked a lot about the physicalness, and I think what's um, on people's minds, Chris, in the architecture world, whether they love it or hate it, everyone has an opinion on it, is the metaverse, mm, right? Yep. Which, yeah, which obviously I'm sure you got your finger on the pulse and a lot of what your stuff comes in there because you can be an architect on the metaverse, but where it gets a bit wibbly wobbly. And I liked what you said, Chris, that, you know, in, in terms of what you do as a creative agency, you don't really care if someone was a chef before or an architect or, or a graphic designer. But what's quite interesting in, in architecture is you study for so long to do it. You have to be qualified because there's big legal parameters in the physical world right. about designing a building. But in the metaverse, you don't need to be qualified. You're an architect. And so in the UK, there's like this controversial conversation about architecture in there and you have some famous architects who are really campaigning for it some people think it's the the downfall to where the way things are going or the servers are burning loads of fuel and we're not being sustainable which okay yes it's true that there's huge energy going on there but and i i guess where i'm going with it no one's quite worked out where that space is going to go i mean we've just seen nfts crashed and i was kind of experimenting with nfts and architecture mm -hmm. nfts could you get a building in an nft and all this crazy stuff but i think that there's something interesting there maybe i'd love do you see are you seeing that conversation i mean it can be fatiguing people go off oh, the metaverse again but i mean <laughs> what's your thoughts about the metaverse and, and nfts and all that jazz you know i uh a couple months ago i went to austin texas for south by southwest and um uh, one of the lectures that I went to was the founder of Sandbox. And, oh, uh, really? Yeah, and he was, he was super interesting. I mean, it was a, it was a fantastic, um, you know, it was a fantastic presentation and, you know, it was really well done. And, you know, he, he kind of started the conversation uh, by, you know, surveying the audience. There's probably 750 people, you know, in this room. And he's like, hey, just, yeah. you know, quick raise of hands, like, you know, how many of you guys have heard of the metaverse? And everybody's like, you know, uh, you know, we all know, um, you know, how many people are in the metaverse and, you know, way less people raise their hand. And he's like, how many people here are just trying to see what I'm going to say <laughs> about the metaverse? Cause you have no idea what's going on. Like everybody's hand. You know, yeah. Exactly. Right? And it was, it was such a funny thing because, you know, all of the, you know, all of the ideas presented were, you know, fantastic they made sense you know and they made sense for brands and they made sense for you know why you would want to participate in it um but literally at the end of the uh you know at the end of the hour-long talk the vibe of the room was just everybody's that just happened you know <laughs> and it's like it's such a foreign thing to everybody that i th think you know it's like the emotions around it are just really interesting because like everybody has an opinion um yeah. for sure i mean i i don't know that i'm going to be like you know jumping in and buying real estate, you know, yeah. in, the, uh, in the metaverse necessarily, but it's, it's pretty, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting how it goes. Yeah. And I can see, especially the stuff that you do, we were talking about, you know, the visual identity of buildings. I mean, you have some stuff where you're inhabiting it and you mentioned sandbox, you know, that's one metaverse and you have all these different articulations and then you have now like, you know, Adidas and all these buildings, uh, those companies who want to do Coca-Cola land and then yeah. suddenly you're going to make Coca-Cola land work. So I think it's super interesting 
but I have no idea where it will go. I have no, no idea. But to answer your question, that's where I think curiosity is at the moment. And it's quite a nice breather away from the, how tough the world is and, and, and all this stuff going on. I was going to say, as well as that, is there any other... Um, questions that you'd like don't judge my website i know it's not helvatica but i did pick another <laughs> font which isn't that i uh i actually like your website it's pretty good it's pretty it's pretty nice oh is it yeah well i used to be like um freestone lighter during the lockdown when i and i was just with this business started and i was like i'm in lockdown and because i you know i used to be in architecture before and i was like right i've got to do something chris which will make sure that i don't watch netflix and drink booze all day i was like i'm on the verge of teetering into being an alcoholic on furlough and furlough in the uk was like when your employer said look we can't let you work you're gonna have to stay at home you get paid a, a little amount but you know right. you're ready when we got there so i was like you know what I'll, I'll put together the ideas I had of for years about having somewhere to talk online and somewhere to do, and I'll I'll, I'll do it myself. And, and at first it was like, yeah, brilliant. But you know, when you're six months in, the website's crashing. I'm not, I, I, I fancy changing the logo. As you said, I started out in Helvetica and I'm like, oh man, I got to do this. And I think it's been an amazing experience, but I would never recommend anyone do it. I would tell everyone to go speak to yourself or someone to do it. It's great because you learn these skills. And like yourself, as you said, I had to do a bit of graphic design. I had to think about the user interface. I've got to have the logistics of the website working. I've then got to be able to host architecture um, images. And then I had to learn, and we were talking about before this, about the application, which is recording this podcast and then live stream. And this is all really interesting stuff, but maybe in the future, if I had a few extra pounds in the pocket, it's okay getting an expert to do it for you, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's actually really good advice. I, I tell people, um, you know, one of the things that I, I really like to do is, you know, anybody who, you know, is in a situation like what you said, yeah. like, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about leaving my job and, you know, doing my own thing. And, uh, I think you actually put it really nicely. Like, you know, for most people, like I don't recommend it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just <laughs> yeah, don't. That's, that's, that's how I know you're a true business owner because <laughs> anyone that's done it and it's my second business as well. And the first one was a failure, but I learned so much from it. So oh, it's course. not in one sense of failure, but it's, it's really not for the weak heart. Um, it's, it's, you've got to be strong-willed. You're going to get so much things go wrong. And you, it, I, in one weird way, I love it to death. It really keeps me going. I don't regret any of it. But yes, if someone says to me, should I do it? I go, no, <laughs> do not. <laughs> I, uh, I, I tell people all the time because, you know, if a red flag, you know, that I always get when, when people are like, oh, hey, you know, I'm starting to, you know, uh, think about starting my own thing. Like, oh, I read a oh. book or, you know, it's just, oh, oh. My, my work environment is just so terrible. I need to leave it. Um, like I, I normally tell them, I said, hey, you know why I started a business? Because I'm 100 percent unhirable. Like, <laughs> there, there's nobody in this city that will hire me to do design because, you know, I, I think about things really differently. Um, yeah. and, and that's caused me, you know, a, a lot of, you know, uh, 
hustling into trying to get jobs and, you know, and things like that, where it's finally just got to a point where I was like, I guess I just need to do it by myself, you know, and I never did it by myself. I always had partners, but, um, you know, it was like, that was a driving force for me, you know, was that I never felt like I had an opportunity to do anything else. <laughs> like, let's, let's go yeah. and do this thing. And you made it work, you know? So, um, yeah, it was my second one, as I said, and you know, my, my old studio is still running, uh, actually. And it's, it's been quite a ride, but yeah, it's, it's not for the weak of heart. Uh, I, I, um, I agree. I was, uh, when I was in architecture, um, Chris, I, just for me, I love the buildings. I love the people. I love the studying, but technical detailing, it wasn't for me, Chris. I just wasn't, I just wasn't interested. And I used to be the cheeky chap in the kitchen. I would do anything <laughs> not to do the tasks. I would take the bins out. I would speak to everyone. I would speak to the directors, you know, I'd have one or two innocent tricks that I would be like, Hey Richard, how was your weekend with your kids? And they would just talk to me for 10 minutes. And I'd be like, perfect. I don't have to do any, any work, but um, you're right. In, in, in running my own business and you, you learn these things and accountability is because I didn't quite fit in to the quote-unquote box of, of what I thought I was going into, I kind of cut and carve a role. But the irony is that um, uh, while I moved away from architecture, which is a hard job, actually running my own business, doing all this stuff is extremely hard, and I wouldn't recommend it. So what I thought was an easier route at the start, oh, I'll do something different, is fine. It actually ended out 10 million times harder. <laughs> but you, you do learn from it, and... Um, I do think there's something amazing and a good quality. Um, to, what I love about running your business is no, no two days are the same. Yeah. And I imagine it's, it's, all it's the not projects boring, you, is it? No, it's never a dull <laughs> moment. There's not enough time in the day. But um, look, Chris, it's been absolutely amazing. I've really enjoyed this episode. I never know where they really go. I think we've covered a lot of ground. I'm super thrilled that you're on. I'm going to just... I say to everyone, so we've been talking at C90 Studios, but Chris, where can anyone, if from an architectural background or interested in what you do or, or who knows what, if they listen to this podcast and they think, I, I need to get in touch, where do they find you? Yeah, the easiest way is just go to our website, c-90.com. Um, yeah. Or, you know, you can always email us. Uh, our, our studio email is play at c-90.com. Um, I see. Even that's more interesting than mine. I think mine's hello or mail. <laughs> I did the Helvatica of domains. Well, there's there's a story. There's a story behind it, of course. You know, so you you, on, you, mentioned, you mentioned C90 uh, as a name. So what C90 actually is, it's it's a uh, a, a blank cassette tape, blank ninety minute oh. cassette tape. It's actually the industry term. So we always just really like this idea of like. Uh, you know, creating things that aren't necessarily digital, but analog and people like, you know, really enjoy those things. Um, and a mixtape is something that, you know, all three of the partners, you know, we made hundreds of those growing up, of course. Yeah. Um, and we decided to name our, name our studio after it. Brilliant. I love it. Well, and everyone, they need, you need to go to, is it c-90.com and that's your, that's the domain. Is it a dash or is it, what's it, the bit in between? It's a hyphen. Like Chris. Yeah. Hyphen, yeah. c-90.com. Check out that beautiful website. Chris, when I've got a few more pounds and my business is getting there, please, I might get you to look at the architecturesocial.com. But in the meantime, everyone who wants to talk to Chris about um, architecture, 
buildings, visual identities, doing creative stuff, which will make you stand out in a busy, noisy world. You don't want to be bland. You don't want to be beige. Check out C90. Thank you so much, Chris. I'm going to end the podcast here, but stay in the studio. And thank you everyone for who's watched us on YouTube or listened on Spotify. Uh, I really appreciate you being here. Have a good day, wherever you are. Thank you. Okay.